Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, welcome all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here again. Man, you look good. Everybody looks good. Prosper Campus, McKinney, Frisco West. Thanks for being there. Frisco East, how we doing today? Last week, um, last week I started off saying, hey, pray for the Cowboys and look what happened. Um, now, God may not really give a care about the Cowboys and their winning record, but let's pray again, all right? Um, for the, I, I'm kidding. I, I really, I love the Cowboys, but I don't pray about that. Um, I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here today. We're in a series called Fabric of Faith, and before I get into that, uh, from September the 15th through October the 15th, I don't know if you knew this, but it's Hispanic Heritage Month here in our country. Ronald Reagan signed that into a, yeah, yeah, great, a month-long celebration of the culture and the people of the Hispanic heritage. And and so if you come from Hispanic heritage, man, I just want to say we love you. So glad for your culture. So glad for your food. Um, Man, we love it. Love it. I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. And so uh, 94.7%, I looked it up yesterday, 94.7% is Hispanic. And so I grew up in that, and so that's very familiar to me, and I can cuss you out in Spanish like nobody's business. I will not do that today. But come in the lobby and uh, complain about the message, and I'll give you some words. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, but we love you. Thank you for your culture. Thank you for your life and your love for the Lord, and we celebrate you this month. Um, fabric of faith. So, so speaking of culture, we're, we're in the Old Testament, the, the book of Genesis, and we're looking at a life and story of Joseph, a son of Jacob, who was uh, the grandson of Abraham. And we're looking at the different aspects of Joseph's story and how it relates to our story, and more importantly, how it points us to Jesus. When we do character studies of the Old Testament or New, we're not trying to be like them. We're trying to be like Jesus. But we learn from mistakes, and we learn from victories, and we learn from principles. And so over the last few weeks, this is a general paraphrase of the week one and two. Eric Sebastian, our McKinney campus pastor, did a great job in week one. He said way more than this, but the general idea was that bad things happen to dumb people. And how many know that to be true? You make dumb decisions, you do dumb things, and there are some consequences to that. And we learn in the story of of Joseph that there were some dumb things that he did. Now, he didn't deserve what he got, but nonetheless, excuse me, when you do dumb things, there's some consequences to that. Bad things can happen. Now, in week two, we learned that bad things can happen to good people. Maybe you're here today and you didn't ask for the circumstances that you've been dealt as a kid, as a child growing up in the home that you grew up in, how, how dysfunctional it may have been. You didn't ask for the marriage. Well, maybe you did, but, but now you're like, oh, my, look straight ahead, by the way. But you, you have some circumstances that you're in or surrounded by that you didn't ask for. Somebody, somebody else was dumb, and they've hurt you, and they've wronged you. 
in these two weeks, it's very emotional. In other words, there are some things that we feel we can look back on our lives and the dumb things that we did and some of the bad things that happened as a result, and we can really internalize that and and know, and the message that week was that God is still with us even when you do dumb things. And then when you don't do dumb things, really, and and you still get bad things that happen, that God is still with you in, in that. And we learned that through Joseph's life in Potiphar's house in the prison and what he went through with his brothers. Now, I'm gonna shift gears without a clutch today and kind of walk away from the emotional and, and challenge you in an area that I've really never paid attention to in the story of Joseph. And today, I wanna talk about the theology of work. Now, most of our lives, no matter who you are, and no matter if you're raising kids, or if you work outside of the home, or you do both, we spend most of our time working. We don't spend most of our time with our spouse. We don't spend most of our time with our family. We spend most of our time of our lives working. So does God have anything to say about how we spend the majority of our life? And the answer is, he gave us that responsibility. Genesis chapter two, the Lord, this is before the fall, before sin. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of, the Eden, in, uh, of Eden to tend and watch over it. There is a responsibility that has been given to us that's innately in us. Now, I understand that there are some lazy people, but even lazy people need to do something every once in a while. There's something within us that, that wants to work, that wants to do something. And I believe, and I want to hopefully help you and us to understand the, that God has gifted us with the, responsibil- the responsibility of work. And I don't know that you've ever thought about your theology of work. I, I, I grew up, uh, my first job was hoeing cotton. And I was in South Texas, and it was hot. It was during the summer. And hoeing cotton means you got dropped off in a, you know, I don't know, 100-acre or even more than that field of cotton, and you would walk the rows with a hoe in your hand. I had gloves on, and, and you would hoe the weeds, the Johnson grass, whatever was growing out that wasn't cotton, you'd hoe it out. It was a terrible job. My second job was mowing lawns. Not any better. The furthest thing from my mind was that God had any thoughts about my work. Furthest thing, furthest thing from my mind was my theology of work. But as I've said many times, I believe that all of us and what we do, what God has entrusted to us as a job, gifts that we may not be doing what we want. We may not have the best job. We may not be exactly happy. In fact, most of us, a lot of us in here, if I were to ask, don't raise your hands, but if I were to ask you if you like your job or if I, do you hate your job, many of us would say, I hate my job. I hate getting up in the morning. I hate going to my classroom. I hate going to the office. I hate the people I work with. And those are strong words, but the idea is that, man, you'd almost rather live in a van down by the river than work that job. But I have said it many times, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, and whatever God's given you, it's ministry. 
If you're a teacher, if you're an attorney, if you're a businessman or woman, if you work in the home or work with kids or you, whatever it is that you do, that is a ministry. I'm not the only one in this room called to ministry. Every one of us are called to ministry. Every one of us. Just because I teach and I pastor a church doesn't mean my, my calling or, or my ministry is more important than yours. You have a different calling and, and, and it's ministry. I'm gonna prove that to you today. And I wanna talk about this theology of work as we look at Joseph's story because I've never paid attention to this part of the story. A few thoughts about the theology of work. God's hand in our work and our hand in our work. God's hand in our work and our hand in our work. Let's look at God's hand in our work. Genesis, the story, we pick it up in 39, chapter 39, verse one. We're talking about Joseph and his story as his brothers were jealous, sold him into a trading company in which they sold him in Egypt to a man named Potiphar, and he would become a slave, a worker in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39, verse one. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph in Potiphar's house. Again, you may not like your job. You may not be in the place that you want to be. But make no mistake that God's hand is in your job. God was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Joseph was sold. Joseph didn't apply for the job. Joseph didn't go on LinkedIn and, and kind of figure out a way to, to negotiate or, or connect or to, to you know, get a job that way. He was sold and was a slave in this home, yet the Lord was with him as he worked. Now, in that job, Potiphar's wife took a liking to him. And I won't go into that story, but Joseph gets away, and she accuses him, and he's put into prison. Let's go to verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph, was with Joseph in prison. He didn't ask for that job. He didn't ask for that assignment, that responsibility. He was put in prison, falsely accused. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. The Lord's hand is with you, with me, in what we do. There's a reason why you're gifted the way you are. There's a reason why you have an assignment. Now, you may not like that assignment right now. You may not enjoy all the things about your assignment, but there is a reason for it. It's not just a means to an end. 
God is with you. Now, again, I'm, trying, now, I'm not saying I knew all this, and I'm not saying I've lived all this. I'm just saying that as, you, as I look at this story, I've never seen this before or never paid attention to it before, that God's hand was with Joseph, not just because he was a God-fearing person. He was with Joseph as he worked, as he worked in Potiphar's house and as he worked in the prison. And then chapter 41, let's move on to where he becomes second in command in, in all of Egypt. Verse, in chapter 41, Joseph's suggestions were all received by Pharaoh and his officials, so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man, listen to this, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. God and his hand on our work. God's hand in our work. God has entrusted to us. He has given us many gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and other places talks about how God gifts us, how he wires us for certain things. And some of you are great with numbers. Some of you are great with words. Some of you are great with people. Some of you are great with your hands. <clears throat> God has given you those gifts for a reason. Not just a means to an end, but what we do with those gifts is ministry. And God's hand is on our work. He's given us a grace in which we have to work. And no matter what we do in our work, God is working in us and through us, giving us the grace, the wisdom, and the knowledge for what we're doing. And not only that, there is a mission involved. Now, I'm, you may not have ever thought about it. You may just think, man, dude, this is a job. Let me just tell you, I don't care what you say, this is just a job. And I'm gonna tell you, I disagree. I, you may not like your job. It may not be your choice. It, it wasn't Joseph's either. But there was something about his faithfulness that God's hand was on and the mission of our work, and, and, and to just put it really simply, is to glorify God, to bless our employer, and to represent Jesus. This is why we work. This is why we live. To glorify God in our work, to help our employer or our clients or our customers to provide a service, to be a blessing to people, and to represent Jesus. Missionally speaking, we represent Jesus. And that's why there's this, this concept is so important. That, and, and that I'm going to prove in the second point that Scripture has much to say about our work and the way in which we approach our work. But God's hand is in our work. As we look at the life of Joseph, Potiphar's home, the prison, and the palace. And many of us, we want the palace job without the prison and without Potiphar's house. We want the dream job. We want the, man, I wanna make all the money and make all the decisions and I wanna do what I want without paying the price and being faithful with where we're at right now. And I don't care who you are. Maybe you're in high school right now and you have your first job. Maybe you're working at Chick-fil-A or Whataburger or In-N-Out or you're working at Walmart or wherever you work and you're just 
trying to get money. That's all, it's just a means to an end. And I just want to tell you that maybe if, you, if we all look at this a little bit different, there's something to this. It's not just a means to an end. God's hand in our work. Now, the second thought is our hand in our work. What does this mean? It's obvious that Joseph took his job seriously. He was gifted, and we are gifted. There's certain, certain things that you do. There's certain things that you're wired for. You, 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 you have a mind of a mechanic. You have a mind of an engineer. You have a mind for business. You have a mind for people. You have gifts. Now, our hand in this thing called work is so very important. It's that this ministry of work. In other words, God's given us the opportunity and with this opportunity, this our hand in our work, there's two thoughts, there's two words that I want to use, and that's responsibility and stewardship. That we have a responsibility with our work, and we have a stewardship with our work. Responsibility, Genesis, I just read it, chapter 2, says it like this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. There's a responsibility that was given to us from the very beginning, before the, the fall, before sin, before any of that. I want you to work. I want you to have responsibility. Paul in Colossians says it like this, verse 22 of chapter 3. Slaves or employers, obey your earthly masters in everything that you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear for the Lord, of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you, listen, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You don't think the Lord takes this seriously, that our job, that our work is not just for our employer, it's not just for people, it's not just for your family. It's as if you were working for the Lord. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. It's not your boss, it's not your company, it's not your direct report, it's Jesus. That we're working in that construction field or job, we're working in that classroom, we're working in that hospital, we're working in that office, we're working with our kids as if we were working for Jesus. But if you do what is wrong, and this is all in the context of our work, you will be paid back for the wrong that you have done. For God has no favorites. This is all in the context of work. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. There's a responsibility that we have that's in our hands that God has entrusted to us. And Joseph managed those responsibilities he was faithful with those responsibilities, and so the reward came later, but he wasn't in the job in Potiphar's house or the prison that he wanted. He didn't apply for them, he didn't ask for them. He just had there, and he just had them, and he was faithful with what he was given, and the Lord blessed, his, the Lord's hand was on him. But Joseph's hand was also involved too. And our hand is involved in what we do. And you can shirk that responsibility. You can live for the weekend. You can live for retirement. Or you can 
Take responsibility for what God's given you. And learn how to be faithful at HEB. One of my first jobs as well. I was a bagger. Did not like that one either. But I did it. Wherever you are, to be faithful. That's what, jo- that's what we learned from Joseph. And the stewardship aspect of this is the story. I want to go to the New Testament. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 25. The parable of the talents. He gives one five talents, one two, and one one. Let's just say five million, two million, and one million. A, a, a rich, wealthy man goes on a trip and he gives his employees five, one of them five, one of them two, and one of them one. And he says, I'm going on a trip, but I want you to manage what I've given you. I want you to steward it. And so the first guy doubles what he's been given. The second guy doubles what he's been given. And when the guy, the, the, the owner comes back and he gets to the third guy who was given one million, he goes, hey, what did you do? And he says, I didn't do anything. I was afraid because I know how harsh you are and I didn't want to lose any money, so I just saved it and here's your money back. Here's what the Lord says to that guy. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those, listen, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. This is called stewardship. It's not just about our salvation. It's not just about our relationship with God, stewarding that, of course we do. But it's about, it's about life. It's about stewarding our lives and about taking the responsibility to be a good steward. To, to use the gifts that God's given us that he's entrusted us to, not just on the weekend here at church, but wherever you go, wherever we are, and what you do in all your life more than anything is your work. Why not look at it as, hey, this is my ministry. This is a way in which I can glorify God, I can bless my employer, and I can help people turn to Jesus because they see my life, they see the work that I have, the, the, the ethic that I have, and they, they wanna ask questions. So when I say, or use responsibility and stewardship, let me give you some words to help further solidify what I'm talking about. Work ethic. You show up on time. You do what you're supposed to do. You you take seriously what you've been given. My dad worked for the same company, didn't have the same job, worked for the same company for 55 years. He had other opportunities to make more money. I remember those opportunities. We almost moved to the hill country from the valley one, one time because of an opportunity. He had another opportunity, another, another, he was in the Burton, he was bearing an industrial, the sugar mill was one of his biggest clients. He supplied all kinds of equipment and hydraulic hoses and bearings and all kinds of things. Anyway. He loved his job, loved his job. And he taught me a work ethic. He taught me that you, you show up early and you may have to stay a little bit late, but you're faithful to what you've been given. See, anybody, and you look at the life of Joseph, 
He was faithful with what he'd been given. He didn't want to be in prison. He didn't want to be a slave, but he was faithful with what he had been given. He had a work ethic, and it showed. The Lord was with him, and Joseph was with himself. God's hand, our hand. Integrity. That you just do the right thing. That you don't lie about what your company or what your product can do, and, and it doesn't do that. You don't tell your people, yeah, hey, we're, 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 we'll be there tomorrow, and then you know you're not gonna be there tomorrow. This is all about responsibility and stewardship. There's a work ethic, there's an integrity, there's an honesty, there's a grace. There is a relational and emotional intelligence involved. You know what this means? It means you're a good team player. It means that you get along with people and your chemistry is, is, is not, listen, listen, I've thought about this. And I don't want to offend you, but if it does, you need to do some work. Does your direct report cringe every time you email and say, hey, I need to meet with you? I need to meet with you. And you do this on a, on a consistent basis. You, you know what you're doing? And, and man, I'm not mad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But I'm just telling you, your emotional intelligence and your relational, you've got to meet every time. Every time somebody says something, hey, I need to meet with you. I need to meet with you. Can I just tell you, you are a drain. I understand there's injustices at every job. There's things that you get passed over, and it's not fair. I understand those things. I'm not saying we don't stand up for some, some of those things. I'm not saying, it's, I know this is complicated, but by and large, if you are an emotional drain on everybody around you, you're not a good steward. You're not taking responsibility. You're taking the, you're taking the position that everybody owes you. Everybody owes, well, you, you, I should deserve, no, 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 you, you know what? You work hard and you do what you're called to do and let God take care of the rest. But many of us in this country, Man, we're so lazy. We're so, it's like me, me. What do I get? What do I get? And if you know what? The bottom line was Joseph just worked. Where he was put, I'm gonna work and I'm gonna be faithful and I'm gonna do more than's required of me. And in each of those instances, the Lord was with him because Joseph, his hand was at work. I know this is like, Hey, last week was a lot better, John. It just moved me. It was like, man, I, that, I feel it made me feel better that, that maybe I'm not alone in my, in my suffering and all that. And I'm just telling you, and I'm not trying to say this is a word from the Lord, but I'm just telling you, you needed to hear this. We need to hear this today. That the most time that we spend on our jobs complaining, talking about, I hate my job. I hate getting up in the morning. It is a beating. It, you know what? How about, what if we just changed our attitude? What if we just said, hey, you know what, God, you've given me an opportunity and you've given me gifts. I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm gonna be faithful with where I am. Let me put on the screen like this. Joseph's responsibility and stewardship in Potiphar's house and in the prison positioned him for his work in the palace. Without Potiphar's house and without the prison, I don't believe there's a palace. His faithfulness in his position would serve God's purposes for generations. Our faithfulness 
to what God's put into our hands can serve God's purposes, not only for your family, but for generations. I'm not saying, I, I don't know. I'm just saying that the way that we look at what God has given us, our work, our schoolwork, our college experience, the job that we don't like, the job that we love, is that we, and I, you know, listen, we all have seasons where, you know, we kind of just, oh, man, I'm tired. And that's why we have vacations. That's what we balance all those things out with. But if we can change our perspective, I've never seen or paid attention to this in this story. But the Lord was with him in Potiphar's house, and the Lord was with him in prison, and the Lord is with you in that job. He is with you. Are you showing up? You may not be where you want to be, but where you want to be is determined by your faithfulness with where you are. The theology of work and the responsibility and the stewardship that we use can be the greatest blessing of our lives. Or the lack of responsibility and stewardship can be the constant source of stress and discontentment in our job. And let me, everybody look at me. The decision is yours. Joseph was slow, sold into slavery and he was put into prison falsely accused. But he was faithful in both places. And because he was faithful in both places, he was elevated to number two in the whole empire or kingdom of Egypt and he came from prison don't tell me that the Lord can't do something when we're faithful may not be where you want to be but where you want to be is determined by your faithfulness right here I could drop the mic right now <laughs> alright there is a work that you and I cannot do. There is a job that none of us in this room, no, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how good person you are, no matter how hard you work, we cannot fulfill, we cannot do. And that is work for our relationship with God. Now we can work at growing, we can work at, at using our gifts and serving and praying. We can work that way, but we cannot work to make ourselves right with God. Everybody look at me. How Joseph's life points us to Jesus is Jesus did the work that you and I couldn't do. And Jesus was faithful. He took responsibility and he was a steward. And he paid the price for our sin when he went to the cross. He worked. He took upon himself your and my sin so that we could be forgiven and made right with God. He's why we're sitting here today. Jesus' work is why we're sitting here today. And everybody look at me. He was falsely accused. He was rejected and betrayed. But he was faithful through all of it. And because of that, we have relationship with God. 
That's a work that none of us in this room can do. And if you've never surrendered to the work of Jesus, you've never accepted the work of Jesus, I want to give the opportunity today. Whatever campus you're on, wherever you're watching online, I want to give you the opportunity to surrender to the work of Jesus. As I pray in just a minute, I want you to pray with me. And maybe you're here today, and you need to look at your job and how you take the responsibility and stewardship of that job seriously. That it's a ministry as unto the Lord, not just for you, your family, or your employer. I want you to think about the way you work and how you show up and how your work ethic and your integrity and your honesty and your grace and your intelligence emotionally and relationally plays into all of that. And if you're here today and maybe this is like hit you right in the face, maybe that's what the Lord, he's just, he loves you and he wants your life to go well. He wants you to succeed. Joseph succeeded in everything he did because the Lord was with him. But also Joseph showed up. And maybe you need to pray about those things. The second is if you haven't surrendered to the work of Jesus, you haven't received it, you haven't accepted it. I want to give you that opportunity right here, right now, today, Lord. I want you to pray as I'm praying. Online campuses right here. Lord, there are many things, your word, it's, it's, like a, it's like a punch in the face sometimes, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a, hey, I've got things for you. I've got better things for you. Maybe some of the students right now are in the room. We're not, we're not taking our schoolwork seriously. We're not taking our job at our whatever we do seriously. We just kind of, ah, it's what it is. It is what it is. Maybe we're here today. We're taking, we're actually stealing from our company in, in many ways. God, we want to get that settled. We want to be good stewards. We know you'll show up. We want to show up. But maybe many of us here today have never surrendered to the work that we cannot do. And I pray that we would surrender right now as we pray together, that we're saying to you, God, I come to you right now. Forgive me of my sin. I've been doing it my way. I surrender to you. I accept your work for the work that I couldn't do. God, may your kingdom, may your, may your kingdom come in our lives, in our work, in our ministry, right here, right now, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.